Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And just a reminder, come if you can to Scottsdale, Arizona, September 15th through 17th. I'll be one of the 27 or so speakers uh, working with the Afterlife Research and Education Institute. It'll be a weekend symposium filled with evidence that life goes on. So if you're interested, visit afterlifestudies.org to register. Now on to the show. It's my new friend, David Hensley, who's the founder of EVP Mediums and has been conducting EVP and ITC communication with the dead for more than seven years now. David and his team were the featured investigators on American Murder House, a one-hour documentary on the Kreischer Mansion featured on LMN Lifetime Network. David and his team specialize in getting the story straight from the spirit in order to cross them over. EVP Mediums continues to learn and grow with each investigation and genuinely believes that helping spirit is just as important as helping their clients. Their website is evpmediums.com. So David Hensley, a warm welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Oh, thank you, Sandra. It's wonderful to be here. Yeah, it's it's exciting to talk to you because I don't think I've ever spoken with anyone really on on your topic. So... Um, yeah, it's exciting to find out who you are and how you got involved. And sure. yeah, where where are you, where are you uh, at in the world? Where are you talking to? Well, us we're today? based out of Lorain, Ohio. Uh, pretty much, uh, I am uh, one city block from Lake Erie, so we could uh, pretty much a stone throw to the lake. Oh wow! And uh, it's we're halfway in between Cleveland and Toledo, so we service mainly the north coast of Ohio area, but we have traveled as far as. Uh, Pennsylvania and Southern Ohio to conduct investigations. Oh, it's so cool. Tell us your story. How did you get involved? Maybe what you what do you do for the living for a living, <laughs> not for the Long living. Stories, and so then, well, then you give the, you the, the Reader's Digest <laughs> condensed version. And then, how did you get into the world of the afterlife? Sure. Well, let's if if we go back to my own personal loss. Um, I was ten years old when. Uh, I tragically lost my father. Oh. He was uh, killed in a tr- uh, trucking accident. And that changed everything about me, who I was. And at the time, as a kid, I didn't really realize it. Um, it was horrible. It was a terrible thing. And I think it was five years later, it was a hot summer day, laying on my bed. My friends were all preoccupied. I was bored out of my mind. I just started thinking of my dad. And all of a sudden, I realized... My dad would never meet my children if I had it. Mm. And I just busted down crying. Mm. And throughout my life, at key moments, that loss of my father really affected me, my personality, and who I uh, ultimately became. And then um, in my teen years, well, I was working seasonally for a very large and well-known amusement park in Ohio. And I met my wife there and got married. And when it comes down to the paranormal, I want to make it clear that when I was younger, I did not believe in really in any of the paranormal. It was kind of a cool thing you did and you talked about, you know, joked about or talked around campfire. Mm-hmm. But um, I had other things going on in my life, other things, and I really didn't pay much attention to the afterlife or the paranormal. Even though the loss of my father, uh, you know, was real, it's kind of like I, I pushed it out. And honestly, it kind of 
put a negative spin on religion for me. Mm-hmm. Not that I didn't believe in God. I did. Even, you know, with the loss of my dad, I, I still had a faith that there is a creator, there's something better than me. But churches bothered me. You know, the, the, the loss of my dad, there was no words to comfort that. I know. Yeah. So, yeah. And then I, I meet my wife, who uh, uh, is a devout Catholic. Uh, we had four children. I became, you know, became busy with my career. I was promoted uh, at this uh, theme park. And I actually, over the years, uh, 20 years, I became an executive there. Um, and so I, I really, again, was not in this realm or this world of paranormal stuff mm-hmm. until I myself began or had a episode of, of personal haunting um, that the house we moved into was an older but nice ranch-style home, and uh, things started happening to me, um, and it was avoiding my wife. And it was frustrating because I thought I was losing my mind, thought I was going crazy. Okay, like, what kind of things? On? What kind of things? Well, it started, um, she, for a short period of time, was transferred to North Carolina. The company she worked with moved. We had two girls at the time, um, very young, uh, two and uh, four years old. And uh, so for a period of six months, she was in North Carolina, and I had the girls with me uh, in Sandusky at the time. The very first night that she was gone, um, we at the time, you know, back in the day, we had water beds. You know, that was the big thing. It was. I had one, too. Uh, Yeah. Thank God that phase was over. Right. Um, I was lying in bed, and um, it was at night, just put the girls down, and I felt a slosh at the end of the waterbed, and the ripple of the water come up. And I thought, uh, at the time we had a cat, and I thought the cat jumped up. Mm-hmm. So I looked to my head and looked down, and there's, the cat's not around. No and I cat. thought, okay, that's kind of weird. Maybe he jumped up and jumped off. And um, you know how you can see light through your eyelids when you're outside and you yes. close your eyes? Okay, so I'm laying on my back, and all of a sudden... I see light, and I open my eyes, and the bedroom light then shuts off. It's like, shuts off. And I'm like, so I shut up in bed. I'm like, what's going on? So I, you know, go over and I hit the light, which is a switch light, and I turn the lights on, and I'm like, who turned on these lights? And I went in, and of course the girls were little. I knew they couldn't reach the switch, but they were asleep. So I'm like, what is going on? So I go back to bed. I lay down. I feel the water move again. And now I'm freaked. So I go out to the living room. I call my wife, who's just settled in. I mean, we talked previous before going to bed. She made it there. She was in the hotel room. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I called her and I tell her what's going on. So are you sure? You know, maybe, you know, it's one of those that no matter what happened, even when she returned, it avoided her. It's like, it's very difficult to explain. But um, so when she did come back, it was some little things like that that kept happening. And then when she came home, um, by that time, I, it wasn't too long after that, we got rid of the water bag and we had a, a new, a larger uh, bed there. And um, she was in the, we went, we put the girls down, went to bed. She was in the bathroom getting ready to come to bed, and I'm laying there, and I sleep with a fan on. I have to have white noise in the background or, or air movement. Mm-hmm. And I noticed the fan dropped in pitch, like um, like someone took a dimmer switch and turned down the power. Mm-hmm. Um, I could hear hear it and uh, feel that the, the fan lowered, and then I couldn't move. I, I mean, I, it was like sleep paralysis, but I wasn't asleep. I hadn't even begun to go to sleep. And I, I felt the bed again move, and then there was this pulsation 
feeling, and it was like the electricity feeling. And then as she, you could hear her shut off the light switch in the bathroom and start to walk towards the bedroom, the fan raised up, went back to normal, and then I could move. So it was doing these things to avoid her. And, and again, at the whole time, I think I'm going nuts. I'm going crazy. This cannot be happening. Right. I'm trying to tell her. And, and I, I, she's, you know, very sympathetic. And she, she would never say, I don't believe you. It's just that she couldn't understand it. Mm-hmm. And then um, there was, I re, I thought, so it got so bad and so frequent that I said, All right, I'm going to rearrange the bedroom. Maybe that'll help. So one day I, I totally changed the bedroom around, put the bed on a different wall, and um, girls were in bed. She's laying there. Uh, we were not asleep. And this thing was getting bolder and bolder. It was, you know, uh, not as... It would do things even with her there, even though she was awake, but it would do it subtly mm-hmm. uh, to antagonize me. And uh, so we're in bed talking, and there's a nightlight on the hallway, so there's a little bit of light you can see uh, coming through. And... Uh, we were talking, and I said, it's here. It's here now. She goes, now? And I said, yes, I'm talking the softer voice and trying not to have it stop because I can actually see the covers depressing at the end of the bed. Wow. So I said, Let you, I said look at the end of the bed. I said, do you see? I said, right now it's touching my calf. So I could see the covers depressed. Now, she takes her contacts out when we're in bed, so... She didn't have her contacts in, but she said, no, I, I, I don't see it, which that made me mad. Of course. Yeah. I'm like, this is ridiculous. So I yell, would you leave me alone? I'm yelling at, I mean, I yell at the top of my lungs. I feel it let go of my calf. And within, I don't know, three, five seconds, I don't know. It was a very short time period. It sounded like an explosion in our home, like uh-huh. a sonic boom. And you heard glass shattering everywhere. It's not, I'm not exaggerating. It was like something uh, in our dining room flipped over our dining room hutch. But, I mean, it was a, like a sonic boom. And I'm she assuming your screamed. wife could hear this, yes. Okay, oh, so yeah, she oh, yeah. screams, she yeah. She screamed. You know, I'm like, that's it. And I threw the covers off. I said, get the kids. We're out of here. I mean, this was like... I want to say 12, 12, 12.30 at night. Uh-huh. So she jumps out of bed. Uh, I grab uh, my uh, night coat or, and then get out to the kitchen. I'm looking for my car keys. And she said, where are we going to go? And at that point, she said, slow down, stop. And we look. There's nothing broken. I mean, we were looking. There's not, oh. not a glass out of place. There's not a window broken. There's nothing broken in the home. A freaky. So we cannot explain the sound. We can't explain what this was. So we stood there talking, calming each other down. We did not end up leaving home. We did not you know, flee to a hotel at that mm-hmm. point. But the weirdest thing is, it's all oh, the haunting completely stopped. That yelling at it, it stopped. And um, it, it stopped for years. Um, it did come back, but it completely different, not the way that it was before. Mm-hmm. But the hard part was, is I was, again, an executive, um, and I was in, in upper management. I couldn't talk about this at work. I couldn't have people question me. Heck no. <laughs> you know? So yeah. You feel alone. Sure. You know, isolated. So moving up to the future and uh, or current years to how mm-hmm. EVP mediums formed, um, I left uh, the park uh, in 2006, I believe. And for about a two-year period, I ran all the Ben and Jerry's throughout all the Six Flag parks in the United States. And then that's after a big that, job. 
yeah. it was. It yeah. was constantly in the air. Um, but after that time period, I, I bought my own restaurant. Um, I thought, oh, okay, you know, I'm gonna work for myself. This is this is gonna be a lot better, more you know, easier. Well, that was five years of pure hell. Of course. <laughs> you know, I didn't really, you know, I mean, I knew, but I didn't expect you didn't know to be as difficult. You. Yeah. 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 It, it, it was unbelievable. But uh, I hired Randy Kessler uh, to be the store manager. And one day he came in, he was, he was acting funny, kind of like reserved, but funny. I'm like, Randy, what's wrong? And he said, you're going to think I'm crazy. He said, but I think my house is haunted. He said it. And I said, yeah, he said uh-huh. to me. And I said, mm, no, I don't think you're crazy. Tell me about it. What's going on? So he started telling me that he was hearing singing upstairs. Um, that he would, you know, be in the living room and he'd hear singing going on. He would go to the foot of the stairs. It would stop. Um, he t- and then he said, last night, he said, after I left the restaurant, I went home. So I came in the back door. Um, he said, I went to the front door like I always do. I got my mail. I locked the front door. Um, I went to the back door again, opened the door, let my dog out, which uh, a dog named Pudge, and he, when he left, let him out. He said, I went downstairs, took a load of washer out of the dryer, put it in the dryer. When I came upstairs to the kitchen, every single cabinet cabinet door was standing straight out perpendicular. Bizarre. He's he said, not the drawers, every drawer. He, he said, nobody pulled out or whatever it was that pulled out the drawers, but every single cabinet door, including the doors above the stove, every single one was standing straight out 90 degrees. Okay. Um, then he had a ceiling pan light bulb crash behind him, uh, almost hit him. Um, so I'm like, no. I said, this sounds really serious. I said, you need to find somebody to help you out, you know, like you see on TV. I said, there's got to be a paranormal team. So I went in the office and looked up and found a group. Um, so uh, we called them uh, from the restaurant. They said, yeah, you know, they'd come out and talk to them. And he said, would you please come over? I don't want to think I'm crazy. I said, yeah, no problem. And uh, so he said, but I want you to experience it. He said, what are you doing? I said, nothing. He said, well, come on over tonight. He said, I'm telling you, you're going to hear it. Oh, my gosh. So I, so I go over to Randy's house, first time ever, uh, and I walked in his house, and it's like, you could feel the heaviness in the mm-hmm, home. Mm-hmm. You could feel it. Beautiful home. Uh, older home, but heavy, nonetheless. So um, I was sitting in the living room talking to him. We're talking back and forth, and all of a sudden, I'm hearing, like, lullaby music coming from upstairs. I'm like, what? And he goes, that's what I'm talking about. So we both get up quietly, standing up, and we're hearing a woman singing from upstairs, faint, but you can hear it. Mm-hmm. Started walking to the base of the stairs to go upstairs, and she stops. And I'm like, whoa. And he said, that's what I told you. So he said, no. He said, wait. He said, it's almost 11 o'clock. He said, every night between 11 and 12, he said, it's not the same time every time. He said, but there's a big boom at the end of the stairs. So we're sitting talking, and all of a sudden you hear, like, a thud at the end of the stairs. So... Going forward a little bit further, uh, Randy then um, said, you know, the date was set. So I come over to Randy's house again uh, when the investigative team arrives for their preliminary interview. Now, this particular team, I think they wanted to interview people in person, decide if they, you know, had all their marbles together Mm. before they accepted a case. Right. And um, so Randy was telling them, we were all sitting in the dining room. He's telling them what's going on and telling them all the story and the history that he had with the experience and that there was one room upstairs, the guest room, that's very cold 
a different temperature than the rest of the house. And uh, so she asked, you know, can you give a tour of the house? So we all go upstairs. Randy's leading the way. He goes into that room. You can feel, okay, there's a 10-degree drop. Now, the husband of the team, very very skeptical but very honest, which I I admired, but he said, well, that temperature drop could be a matter of the, the way the ductwork is is vented throughout the home. Yeah. He said it could be a sign. And, and it's like, yeah. And so Randy says, I don't know, but it's always colder in this room. He said, I've, you know, had the, the vents open, but this room is always colder. He said, but I understand what you're saying. So they finish the tour. We go downstairs, sit at the dining room table. Randy's talking, but he goes to rub his arm, and he looks at his fingers and blood. He has blood all over his hand. Ooh. And here there are two large gouges down his arm. And... You know, he said, I, my arm, I felt my arm burning, and I looked at it, and he said, I saw I went to rub it, and I felt something wet. So he had scratches down his arm. At that point, the team was here. Can you sign on the release forms on the dot line? We're set up the investigation. So they did the investigation, and um, they got quite a few EVPs, including first and last names of the original owners and builders of this home. You know, so it, it was really un- amazing to see uh, uh, what, you know, to see a team in action that can get confirmation of exactly, you know, first and last names. That's incredible. That the team, yeah, the team had no idea. I mean, uh, Randy knew from a neighbor um, the name of the woman that lived here. When talking to a neighbor, and he was telling the neighbor, uh, I'm at Randy's now, so that's why I keep saying here. But um, when talking to a neighbor uh, about the home, she said, well, yeah, uh, you know, Ava used to sing church hymns all the time. And in the summer, if the windows were open, the whole neighborhood would hear her. Interesting. David, I think we just need to mention quick, Mm -hmm. because some of our listeners don't know what EVP is. Okay. Uh, EVP is electronic voice phenomena. Um, and ITC is instrumental transcommunication. Now, a, a lot of people confuse the two, and, and as I did in the beginning, but um, electronic voice phenomena is strictly a recording. Audio. Uh, so, that, yeah, audio, which could be you take a tape player, um, a digital recorder, even videotape. Uh, we've gotten some incredible communication over our video camera. Uh, anything that records audio, mm-hmm. and then you play it back and you hear a message. Right. For ITC, instrumental transcommunication, is you are communicating using electronic devices to assist in that communication, such as a ghost box uh, or a, um, a word generation application. Um, there are phone apps that actually provide um, bits and pieces of words where this, it's believed that spirits can manipulate those mm-hmm. and inform words out of them. So they're actually two different things. Okay. But still, it's, it's communication with spirit. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So they did these EVPs, and, and the fact that you can take the EVPs and actually match it to known occupancy or residents of owners of the home was quite profound. And I could not myself, again, with the loss of my dad, and then in 2000s, my grandparents, which I was very, very close to, sure. um, those two losses combined uh, really wreaked havoc on my life. Yes. So backing up again, 
to the from 2000 to 2006. Unfortunately, so much so that it took a toll on my marriage. And in uh, 2006, um, uh, I separated from my wife and was going through a really, really rough time. Mm-hmm. So, experiencing this phenomena and and actually seeing and hearing and experiencing this, uh, you know, with my own eyes and, 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 you know, even though I was a subject of a personal haunting years ago, I, to see that there's communication, it rekindled that, that, that now desire to know. I want to know now. Yes. Now I want to know. Now I'm ready. I don't have to hide. I don't have to be afraid of corporate America calling me crazy because I know I'm not. You know, I'm the owner of my own business. I'm now free to to really explore this and find out what this is. Yeah, it and feels good, where, doesn't it, to be free with it, what it you're does. up to? It, I've, it I stayed yeah, hidden you know, for could, 15 years, and I was searching, but I would yeah. not tell a single person. Oh, yeah, funny. you're afraid yeah. that people are going to label you. Um, you don't really want to talk about it because, okay, that can't be real. You know, and so now, and that's why I put in our third you know, objective of EVP mediums is to educate the public. Mm-hmm. You know, so help the client, help the spirit, educate the public. And, and so we do a series of lectures um, to help, you know, people understand. And we have some incredible communication clips. A lot of those are, there's stories behind those of how, you know, we were shocked when we got this and then we can verify these things. So we present a very compelling case in our lectures uh, to individuals to let them know that your loved one's, they're there. They're 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 always aware. And to back up to that summer day when I realized my dad, you know, wasn't going to be there, he was there. He was there during their birth. He was there all the time at Christmas. Every event, they're there. They're aware. They're with you. Can I ask you just because it mm-hmm. just seems like there's a bridge that needs to be gapped here? Because sure. Um, haunting is one thing right and i don't we, right. we i don't think we've ever talked about haunting on this show um, mm-hmm. i'm kind of a wimp myself and i always had the belief that there's <laughs> <laughs> there's earthbound spirits that just haven't gone into the light so maybe sure. you can mm-hmm. talk a little bit who you think these hauntings are kind of thing and then the, the sure. gap to be bridged is when did you realize that there's everyday people that have passed away that are communicating with you as well it's not okay. just Freaky well, I'll, I'll go with. Um, I'll pick up on that with Randy's haunting. Okay. Um, after that, that it really inspired me to start communicating. It, uh, I, to say I was obsessed would be an understatement. I was <laughs> literally probably <laughs> conducting uh, 100, 200 EVP sessions a day. I was uh, using my phone recorder. I was uh, recording in my car, mm-hmm. and I found very quickly that spirits are literally everywhere on the earth's plane. They're everywhere. They're in shopping malls. They were at my office, uh, uh, at the restaurants. They're everywhere. And I was having a hard time trying to understand or wrap my head around this. So you were picking up um, voices and words. Yes. In everywhere. the EVPs. And, and the, yes. some of the things you're hearing, was it messages directed to you? Was it just some like words. you're eavesdropping on somebody's conversation? <laughs> Yeah, it, that's the, the tricky part with uh, EVP and ITC is a lot of times people, you know, that begin this, they get scared or they freak out because they're hearing, you know, just shut up. Or I'm just using a, a phrase here. So they think the spirit of me or 
you know, an EVP is telling them to or leave or things like that. Mm-hmm. But what, so there's so much communicate, there's so much spirits that are even talking to themselves that if you eavesdrop or pick up on a conversation between two entities, you got to keep in mind, they may not be talking to you. Interesting. You may be just hearing two other spirits talking. And if you take it as they're talking to you, you know, you could make some bad decisions. <laughs> yeah, of so, course. <laughs> yeah. So that's the thing when you're, you're doing EVPs. And I had to learn that pretty quickly. And it was scary because the very first time now, <clears throat> I have to tell you back then I smoked. Um, and I heard um, my name, David, the very first time that I got a direct answer and I knew they were referring to me. I hit the stop button on my computer jumped up, went outside, lit a cigarette, and paced back and forth. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. They said my name. <laughs> I mean, it, it freaked me out. Um, then when I got direct answers to questions I was asking, again, outside, I had a cigarette and pace and calm down. You know, oh, it's, it's hard. I know. I, yeah. I, I have a little story myself that my, my listeners have heard me share. And first EVP I mm-hmm. got, I, I got good night, Sandra. Uh, <laughs> and then a couple more good nights. And then, I, you know, and I had to go to sleep that night. And it's one thing to right. believe there's an afterlife. It's a yeah. whole other thing to think people are with me and watching me. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to exactly. handle and talking to me live. Like, ah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. it. It's, it's, yeah, it's mind blowing. Mm-hmm. And you know that's how it kind of began with everything that we've experienced in EVP mediums and things. The very first time something happens that I'm not accustomed to, it's one of those you know take a deep breath, uh, a momentary panic, and then once I'm over that, I plow through it again. Okay, I'm ready to go. So that's I. It's kind of weird. It was like in steps for me, and. Then I started noticing I was having this one, again, doing these series of communications in, in the restaurant, in my office even. I was having these series of where I was getting like this one particular personality. And I thought, okay. Now, I used to believe anybody who talked about spirit guides or animal totems, I will have to, I have to apologize up front because years ago in my executive world, when people talked about spirit guides, I said tree hugger. Yeah, uh, I thought people were uh, nuts. Yeah, yeah, nut job, kind of, kind yeah. of crazy upstairs. Um, <clears throat> so I mean, I'm like, could this really be a spirit guide? And, and, and so I did a recording. I said, okay. I said, I need to know: Are you a spirit guide? Are you my guide? And I actually got a chuckle or a laugh, and the response was, a sorta. Uh, I, I suppose you can call it that. And I'm like, wow. Right, so I would, you know, keep, you know, I would call out a spirit guide. Um, can you answer me this? Or, you know, can you tell me this? Or what's going to happen down the road? And, you know, I was told certain things that they can and cannot do. And I started getting the, the understanding and realizing there seems to be rules of, of communication. And, again, um, I want to clarify something here because I feel like I'm getting ahead of myself again. Okay. A haunting an earthbounds. That is uh, a human spirit, nine out of ten times, the haunting is a human spirit, that has not crossed over or gone into light upon death. Therefore, they are earthbound. Why would somebody choose oh, to not so go many through reasons, the light? Sandra. Just, so just, just a couple. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, some of the big ones. One, they're, um, 
they're possessive. It's my house, by golly. I built it. I'm not going in that light. I'm not leaving this home. Yeah. I'm not leaving my wealth. I'm not leaving my car. I'm, there's those types. Okay. Uh, you got, I can't go in the light. You know, my children are young. They're going to miss me. I can't go in there because I need to be with my children. Um, there's, but the big reason we have found in our investigations why people do not go into light is religion. They're fearful of judgment. Because I've never heard that before, but yeah. They're taught that they, if they go in that light, they're going to be punished. We actually, we have a couple cases, and what we try to do is learn from every case. Sure. But there was a case called uh, a Bellevue haunting, and what we found is in the garage, George, who used to, he would also come into the home. That was the older home with a detached garage. But in the garage, George told us, you better find a priest. Find me a priest. I need confession. So it was we quickly determined, and he made it clear he was not going without confession. Now we did finish, and we didn't realize this at the first. We used to, our preferred method of doing an investigation is one, we come, it takes us four to five hours, depending on the size of the home or the intensity, to do a communication investigation. We then leave, it takes me 40 to 60 hours to analyze all video, all recordings. That's so a lot it takes of work. me a couple of weeks. It, it is. Yeah. It, but it takes me a couple of weeks to put it together and try to understand what's going on in their, their spirits and their story. Because we have found that once we understand that, we then return and we do a crossover. Because now I know their names. I can call out, hey, George, mm-hmm. John, Mary. Um, it's okay. Now, if we can get snippets of why they're there, it's easier for us to cross them over. Mm-hmm. So we go, we go back and we do the crossover in Bellevue, but George would not go. We had a minister on our team, but we did not have a Catholic priest. <clears throat> and we explained that to our client, and we, at the time we did not have a contact um, through the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. We do now, but at the time we did not. So um, the homeless, all the negative or really bad stuff ended for her. Uh, it was wonderful. She said, my kids can now. So they were all, when we got there, the entire family was sleeping together in a room off of the um, living room downstairs. They refused to go to their bedrooms upstairs at night. That's how terrified they were. Jeez. They huddled together. <clears throat> all of that ended. Uh, the kids could play again in the room upstairs without, you know, being antagonized and, and experiencing bad things. Everything, it, it was a good thing except for George was still there. He would make his presence known. Um, and Megan, who was our client, uh, we were talking again and she said, well, it's nothing bad. She said, we can handle it. I just wish you would go. And she's the one that came up with this brilliant idea. Uh, she says, you know, Dave, what do you think if, I said, I'm not Catholic, but my stepmother is. She said, what do you think if I were to call out to George and say, George, I'm getting in my car now. Please come in, come with me. I'm going to go to confessional. You can come into the booth with me. And she said, you can give, and I said, Megan, that's an incredible idea. I would have never thought of that. She goes, I'm going to try that. George crossed over. After she did that, all haunting stopped, but it was, I think, a couple weeks later, two weeks later, her youngest son, I think he at the time, he was maybe seven, was upstairs. He came down and said, Mommy, I saw George. Um, and, uh, but this time he was dressed in a suit and smiling and daddy was next to him and he smiled and they, they vanished. 
Incredible. Hey, a question just came to my mind. Mm-hmm. They say, you know, whoever they are, that right, right. that we vibrate at kind of a very low uh, yes. intensity <clears throat> energy. Frequency. Frequency, that's the word, yeah. <laughs> and then the people mm-hmm. in the spirit world are very high. If you're an Correct. earthbound spirit, would it make sense that they, they're not in the light, so they're not vibrating as high, right. but they're still close enough to the earth plane that, lo and behold, they can open cabinets, you can hear them singing? Would that have something it's to possible. do with it? Okay. Yeah, it's possible. And we're still trying to understand that why some hauntings are much more intense than others. Um, I can tell you this, and uh, a lot of the listeners probably are going to like this, or some are going to say, oh, that can't be, but... It is true in our case, at least what we've experienced so far. There is no such thing as a singular haunting, meaning that we have a ghost. No, you have ghosts plural. We have never been oh, ever yeah, thanks. in any place <laughs> where there's only one. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. my God. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. We have never been any place where okay. there's only one. All right. They're everywhere. Um, what we have found, and Randy coined the phrase walkers, um, that spirits pass through your home on a daily basis. Um, they, you have ghosts that will literally haunt the neighborhood. Well, they were, and here's how we're kind of, the only thing we can, we kind of imagine or think is that they have not crossed over into the light. They're earthbound. We are their form of TV. We're their form of entertainment. Spirits, if I'm wandering and I go into a home and I see a teenage girl who, um, you know, is doing something she shouldn't be doing, drinking beer when her parents aren't home with her teenage friends, you know, oh, this is going to be good when their mom finds out. I'm going to hang out a while. <laughs> we all like right? reality TV, don't we? Exactly. We like reality TV. Oh, exactly. Gosh. And yeah. that's what we think a lot of it is. They're what they call walkers. They're going, they're coming and going. We actually, we don't come up with these statements just, you know, randomly. Mm-hmm. There was a an, an investigation again at the Pioneer Mill and Tiffin, where my daughter and my son were actually conducting a session upstairs, and we get a response, or a, uh, uh, at, this was an ITC, uh, that says, I come here a lot. We party. It's fun. All right, so the spirit is actually saying he comes there a lot, meaning that he's not always there. We got another, uh, in that same session, says, I live next door. <laughs> so... And he, uh, he said, I lived, take that back, it was a uh, past tense, I lived next door. And then he says his first and last name. Well, we talked to the mill manager, and she goes, oh, my God. She said, Mr. Bacon did live next door, right across the street. And we got the last name, Bacon. So wow. it, you, if you look, and that's what we try to do, is we look at the data that we got. You know, it's hard to say that it's evidence. Evidence um, is DNA, but when you're getting communication, spirits can lie. If they lied in life and they didn't go in that light, you sure. can't always trust what they're telling you. Yeah, it's, it's data. It's information. It's not evidence. So we, we listen to the data. We have to form, you know, okay, hypotheses. You know, what is this? You know, based on everything we've experienced, we formulate, you know, ideas of what it could be. And what we think is that, a lot of earthbound spirits can they wander. There are some that are tied to a specific property, a specific family. But what you will find, and I think any paranormal researcher listening to to this conversation will agree with, is no matter what you do when you're doing EVPs, eventually, and, and again, most investigators, it's at every investigation, you'll get two words: 
help me. Uh, yeah. Every time you do EVP, you get help me. Yeah. Wow. All right. The reason we now believe that is the case is that, again, I was never very religious, but the information we're getting seems to be, the data we're getting seems to support Catholic doctrine. Um, it appears that spirits who do not go into the light, who refuse the light, it closes the opportunity the light shuts down. Right? Eventually, it closes. At that time, they become earthbound or trapped, per se. Mm-hmm. They cannot pray themselves into the light. Again, this seems to be part of the rules. It takes the living to open the light for them. So when we hear, help me, we believe they know that because they can't pray the light open themselves. They're asking us to do it for them. Interesting. You know, and we hear that two phrase everywhere, be it an office building, mm. you know, that we're investigating or a home. We hear help me everywhere. David, I just want to say that, um, it, like, I have an ego that's listening to all this going, mm-hmm. is this guy telling the truth? What's going on here? This right. sounds a little crazy. Sure. But, Sandra, you sound mm-hmm. a little crazy to a lot of people. And, you know, so I got to put that voice aside. Right. But I. To- totally believe there is an unseen world happening around us. I mean, yes. we can't see the internet and GPS signals and television signals and um, right. infrared things, but th- but it's real. So mm-hmm. as much as I know that our deceased loved ones are vibrating in that space, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know too much about this kind of stuff. I you know I've, I've heard a little right. bit about earthbound spirits, but yeah, why not, right? But yeah. it's not something now after we've listened to this conversation. I've got to worry about who's walking through my house. Do we? Well, <laughs> oh geez, <laughs> no, I wouldn't. No, you know what I'm getting at. <laughs> yeah, here's the one You're funny. thing about that. Okay, here's what's funny about that. Mm-hmm. Joyce, who uh, who's a member, she's recently joined our team. Mm-hmm. She's not our newest member, but within two, you know, a year and a half ago, she joined our team. Joyce actually uh, came from a very large company. She was a controller, uh, second in command of this company. Um, and uh, she knew what I did. And, and when, you know, I had to kind of arrange time off to, to shoot that American murder house. Oh, uh, congratulations on that so, too. Being in that. Oh, thank you. Um, it was very interesting, but um when I had to ask permission to leave work, I let them know, and I finally, I'm, oh, I'd better tell them why they're going to think I'm crazy anyway. Um, so really, you know, so she was kind of interested, and then she also on the side uh, would do uh, uh, fictional writing. And so one day at work, she said, Dave, um, said, I know, said, is there any way I can come on an investigation with you? She said, I have an idea for a story, and I want to do character development. I said, yeah, sure. So I said, uh, we actually have an overnight. So, and she's like, I don't know if I'm ready for that. <laughs> and I said, well, I said, we have an overnight uh, at Malabar Farms uh, at State Park. I said, we have that one. If not, I said, I'll let you know when we have another one. Well, she came and says, you know what? I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. So you know, I think it was like 2 o'clock in the morning. I sent her upstairs to do an EBP session with our team member, Shelly. She comes flying downstairs and says, oh, my God, they said my name. And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, no, you don't understand. They said my name. And I started laughing. Well, Joyce, um, when she started realizing and saying what's going on, she goes, she goes, it's changed everything. Now, when I go home, I close the bathroom door. I'm saying, I'm taking a shower. If there's anybody in here, you need to get out. <laughs> you know? oh, so funny. You know, so it is, you know, but she said, like she said that, you know, when you really stop and think about it, 
okay, let's say that is the case. Eh, nothing's changed. It's been that way your whole life. Oh, yeah. I'm 51, and I've never yeah. had any. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's been some things with earthbound spirits and I've had with other right. people's houses and people thinking I'm a ghostbuster and things. But yeah. I'm like, all right, right, I'll give it a whirl. But it's not, <laughs> I don't believe anybody has to leave this conversation being afraid. However, right. if now, you, you know, there, there are people that are like, oh, my God, this is fascinating. And right. how do I find out more? And, you know, I've had right. some strange things happen. And, oh, could this be an earthbound spirit? I, I, I do want to ask you how, how you mm-hmm. help them cross over. And is there something that we can do on our own? Or do we need sure. a team of people coming over? Again, from our experience, and, and this is one of the things that you're saying in a lecture, I can only speak on our experience. Yes. Um, and I, I'm hesitant to say on anything, you know, um, this is fact because this subject, there is no fact. There's no fact. <laughs> but from our experience, um, all you have to really do is pray and have a genuine help, heartfelt desire to help that spirit. If you truly believe you know, that, you know, in, in your heart, you want to see them go home. You want to see them cross over. Um, and you pray that light to open. I believe it does, based on, again, our experience. Mm-hmm. Intention um, is everything. It is the most absolutely. powerful thing. And if I can just tell you a very quick story. My aunt sure. worked for Delta Airlines, and she worked in their Sky Club, their crown room, you know, mm-hmm. their VIP membership club. And when I first started getting into this life after death stuff, I took a course with Doreen mm-hmm. Virtue. And she had talked about the earthbound spirits. And uh, so my auntie comes home one night after work. She says, oh, Sam, what are you doing tomorrow? I said, no, nothing. She says, will you come with me to South Boston? And I said, yeah, sure, you know, why not? And then uh, I said, well, what, what are we doing? And she says, oh, there's a ghost in one of the, um, in, in the house of one of the, uh, not the bartenders, but one of the servers of, of, the, mm-hmm. of the Sky Club. And she says, we need you to get rid of the ghost. And I tell you, <laughs> Dave, I was like, what in the heck? Do you think I know about ghostbusting? And of course, right before I go to bed, I'm, I'm, I turn on the TV to try to get my mind off it. Cause now I'm starting to get scared and, uh, Ghostbusters is on, of course, right? Like, what are the chances? But the next day I walked in and I got in my mind's eye a picture of this old man with a cane that was angry that this young Guatemalan family was living in his house. And I, like, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's my imagination or not. Nope. And, 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 uh, so I brought all these tricks. I brought my dowsing rods and some crystals and to really pretend or, and also intend, like, if there is somebody there, if it's, I don't know if it's their imagination or not to get rid of them. And so instinctively, I had everybody sit around and I did an EVP recording thinking, mm-hmm. because that was when I was playing around with that. And what I heard was get, out (laughs) and and, and in my mind's eye i'm seeing this old guy and i said you know i don't know if this is true or not and but what if this old guy wasn't happy Uh with this family so uh i i envisioned the light and i had everybody pray and 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 the name it's funny that you brought up george because the name that came into my mind Uh was george and i said Uh let's all intend that this nice man 
needs to go back home and his his pets are over there and his family and his friends and it feels mm-hmm. good and so you know the, the family didn't speak too much english but there we we all were and and so uh i left having no idea if this was in my imagination right. or not and a couple weeks later come to find out that uh they were trying to sell their house they couldn't you know, then now somebody put a bid mm-hmm. in on the house, but they had a two-year-old boy that uh, didn't speak any English, and he um, wasn't there when all this happened, and so he had said to his parents that the old man with the cane, you know, hadn't hadn't come back. Wow! And wow. so I'm thinking, I saw the old man with the cane. The little boy yep. did. So something happened. Yeah, Dave. Something and it's happened. Astounding. And did you have to pinch yourself and say, "Did this really happen?" Exactly. I mean. You have to ask yourself all the time, okay, did I imagine that, okay? Were they imagining it? it? Yeah. Yeah, it's astounding. And one of the things, going back to the the, the spirit guide thing, um, I asked one time, when, again, doing EVPs, I said, uh, do you have a name? I said, I, rather than calling out to you and saying, spirit guide, can you tell me your name, please? Hit the record button, let's go for a little bit. Stopped, played it back, amplified it, and I hear Alfred. So I hear Alfred, and I busted out laughing. I said, Alfred, you couldn't have, like, a cool name, you know, like, you know, Reese? or you know, And I'm kind of, like, laughing about Alfred, and all of a sudden, it hit me. And now, where that thought came from, whether where Alfred the spirit from? guy put it in, yeah. all of a sudden, a light went off. I, again, I'm being, you know, an old man of 54, you know, I'm thinking, oh, oh you are old. Yeah, Just kidding. I know, terrible. From a 51 year old. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> but one of my favorite shows as a kid was Adam West, Batman. Yes. And I remember the butler, Alfred. I love that guy because he reminded me of my grandfather. And that's how fast that thought hit me. And I'm like, wait a minute, you're my butler. Yeah, aww. And then, then I started thinking, is that, you know, I said, you know, is that really your name or is that a name you gave yourself so I would identify? Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. I really don't know. Spirit guide, I, I, spirit butler. I love it. Yeah, exactly. So I think, so the the thought of like, not that I'm any Batman by any way, shape, or form, but he's there to assist me. And, and I'll, I'll tell you, and again, these are, I know, unbelievable stories and, and very difficult, to, you know, to put your head around. But mm-hmm. I had a very, um, we in, in our family, my oldest daughter uh, suffered from addiction. Mm-hmm. And um, I got a call, um, and it was not a good call uh, at, the, at the restaurant. Now I'm furious. Now I was doing EVPs at this time period. Um, I really didn't get into ITCs until later, but again, this is strictly EVP sessions. But I get this call at the restaurant. I have to leave immediately. I get in my car. I am now furious. I'm on my way driving to Sandusky, which was about an hour away from my restaurant. I'm angry that my daughter is in trouble and that I was not given a heads up through, you know, the daily communication. So I'm screaming in my car oh, at Alfred. I'm yes. yelling at my grandparents. I'm yelling at my uh, my dad. Uh, because by this time, I've had messages from all of them. So I'm screaming in the car. I'm pounding my fist on the dash. You know, you tell me every expletive mm-hmm. thing else, but you couldn't tell me my daughter's in trouble. Right. So I get through that. A um, couple of days later, I'm, I'm calmed down, and I didn't do a session right away, but I, I did a record, and I said, now, I said, why didn't you tell me? 
And the response was, David, we're not permitted. Mm-hmm. Permitted, the key word here. So that was the first really profound communication that tells me there are rules. Mm-hmm. And again, based on data or based upon, again, not evidence, but what they're saying, what appears to be, because I don't know, David, we're not permitted. That could be an earthbound ghost messing with me. But somebody, be it my dad, my grandparents, Alfred, someone answered my question and said we were not permitted. Now, based on that, I assume there's rules, and my thoughts came pretty close to that, that there are certain things in this life that we must experience as they unfold. Yes. Because if if I was given a heads up, about my daughter, it would rob her soul of that experience, even though it's a bad experience. Right. It would rob her soul or rob somebody, my soul, my family, everything had to have played out the way it played out for a specific reason, and that's I still believe that. That's why there are certain rules that they cannot interfere or cannot say certain things or do certain things at certain times because I think they actually are answering to a higher authority. Yeah, I hear that as well. Cannot say. Yeah. Heard that as well from many people and, and also as painful as this is, some of our biggest growth we get for the soul, which I believe is why we're here, comes through mm-hmm. suffering. And yes. and your hardest times and many people's hardest times are actually the catalyst to turn your life around and then go ahead yes. and hopefully help another human being. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know yeah. all the soul contracts that we right. come into this earth with, and some of them are really hard to believe we'd make such painful things. Right. So the jury's still out on that, but... Um, yeah, that makes sense. Can you? Can I just ask some of the messages mm-hmm. that have come through, maybe sure. from your family members, that were comforting yes. that you had? Do you yeah. know that? Oh, <laughs> Dad's still around. Yeah. Well, there's one. Uh, again, there's certain. Uh, you know, they. It, we label them uh, in EVPs: Class A, Class B, Class C. Yes. Class A is crystal clear. Everybody understands what it's saying. Class B. It's understandable. It's heard by most people, but not by all, or some can maybe get a different meaning. Class C is, there's too much question as to what they're saying. Yes. Well, I have another version on on my history of EVPs. I have the, that one just changed my life moment. That's a, that's a, that's, that one just changed my life EVP. Yes. uh, Because it was so profound. But at the period, the time period, uh, again, uh, the years uh, when I left home and uh, pretty much from 2006 to 2010, I call the grim years, 2011. Um, and I was so depressed with the loss of my grandparents and uh, the separation, ultimately divorced my wife that uh, I started drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would drink just so I could laugh. I, I mean, I could not laugh during the day, but if I can go to the bar, have a drink, I would... you feel better. Okay. Now, There's nothing yeah, worse than I'm grief. Okay. Nothing. Yeah, it's Nothing horrible. as painful as grief. And, and unfortunately, you, your life starts spinning out of control. You know? And literally, I was depressed all the time. And uh, so one day, again, now, doing uh, already doing EVPs, I drove over to my grandparents' now abandoned home, um, and drove in the driveway, uh, sat there, uh, grabbed the manual radio scan box that I brought with me, turned on my phone recorder, and I just started spinning through the dials. 
But I asked my grandmother, I said, Grandma, she was very religious, very, um, she was the tambourine-toting salvationist. She was in the uh-huh. Salvation Army. And, boy, you know, if there was a band on the corner and, and you know, playing a trumpet, that was my grandmother there at yeah. Christmas, you know. With the, and um, so I said, uh, you know, I need to know, are you in heaven now? And if so, are you with Jesus? And the response I got was amazing. I mean, just amazing. She said, I'm here now. Jesus loves me. And it's almost singing. Um, Is that the one you sent me this morning? Yes. Yes. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. And then, again, I'm still down and and, uh, just start spinning through the radio dial. And the thing that you have to know about my grandmother, she sang all the time. You know, we used to joke about grandmother. You know, she'd, she'd make up a song about something, you know. Um, you know, that made no sense, but she'd put it to, to singing and with laugh. Well, then the singing comes through, and again, I'm just spinning through the dial manually on, a, on the uh-huh. FM band. And she says, I hope some other time I'll see you happy. Oh. She knew. She knew yeah. what I was going through. So these are very profound things. And, and, and again, based on this, and the very first time I heard my dad, wow. That changed a lot because I, at this point, I've accepted that I'm communicating with my grandparents. Um, I've had several bits and pieces from them. So I go to the cemetery, actually, um, because I get this uh, message, and I'm like, I, I got to go. I need to go to the cemetery and visit their graves. So I, I'm doing a recording again. This is the EVP. Um, I get out of the car turn on my recorder, I go over to the graves, and I kneel down, and I actually start crying, uh, and I'm, you know, kind of holding, rubbing my hand over the, the tombstone, mm-hmm. and uh, again, I have the recorder going this whole time, and, and I walk around, I go over to my father's grave, um, and then he passed away in 1972, but then I, I go home. Well, analyzing all this, you can hear me close the, the car door. And as I'm walking towards the grave, you hear, I told you he'd come, Daddy. Now, my grandparents used to call each other Mama or Daddy. Oh. And I, my grandfather yeah. used to yell upstairs, Hey, Ma, bring down another pot of coffee or something like that. Right, right. So I hear this voice, I told you he'd come, Daddy. But I'm leaning as I'm leaning and, and touching the graves. And I start crying at that point. But in the uh, tape, you hear Dave Hensley. Your grandma isn't in the grave right there. She was more or less scolding me or telling me, I'm not there. I'm right here. Mm-hmm. So anyway, throughout these sessions, as I was uh, at the cemetery, I hear, hello, my son, in oh, a male voice. Wow. And I'm like, no, this can't be. And so I'm like, I'm playing it back. So I get, I literally moved me so much that after I analyze, I get back in the car and I drive back out to the cemetery. And I'm like, dad, is that you? And I'm walking. Mm-hmm. a little emotional at the moment. But, I, I mm. get it. My dad's with yeah. your dad, so I, I know oh. the emotions. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm like, Dad, is that you? And I'm like calling out to him and talking. And again, I can't hear anything in real time. I'm just recording. I go back, and I mean, we're talking a long sentence. Somebody says, um, I don't know why you don't believe, son. Think Ohio Turnpike. My dad was killed on the turnpike. Mm. So, 
that was his way of confirming it was him. Sure. You know, so these type of things, um, again, one of those, it changed your life moment, EVPs. Yeah. Because, and it's funny, I I don't want to say funny, I don't communicate to them anymore. I don't call out. You don't don't, need to. Because, yeah, I don't need to. But here's what's funny. For a long time after I established it, okay, my grandmother hasn't left. I mean, she's in the light, but she's, you know, around. I mean, she started coming through at investigations. We did an investigation in Oakland, Ohio, where, you know, and uh, and it's a big, um, are you still there? Yes. Okay, there was a beep. I wasn't sure. But um, we're in, it's an institutional, uh, old school in downtown Oakland. And so we're in the basement, and uh, the girls are doing a session. My grandmother comes through, and she says, there's my David. And then... Because she used to call me my David all the time. She, she would make that, that statement. There's my David. Well, she says, there's my David. And all of a sudden here, you better stop smoking. <laughs> yeah, so I have heard that phrase so many times, stop smoking. Well, I did quit smoking. Okay. Right? So I stopped smoking, and I don't hear from her anymore. Wow. But for some reason, this is, again, we talk about this in our lecture. For some reason, she apparently was permitted to give me that message where they weren't permitted to give a message concerning my daughter. So why that is, I don't know. You'll find out someday. I, I want to just yeah. add, I know when I got started doing EVPs, I couldn't hear what other people were. And to me, it's like mm-hmm. learning a, a language. If you don't it know is. the words, you know, like if you hear a, a different language, it's just jibber jabber. You know, it's nothing. Right. But once you start really, and it could take hours of really yes. concentrated focusing, but once you start being able, your brain starts picking up what the voices are outside of the background noise, because I think our minds right. want to pick up on the white noise, but once you start getting the knack for it, it comes easier and easier. So um, I don't know if you have any EVPs on your website or not. Uh, oh, yes. You do? Okay. Yeah, on... Uh... The tab that says case files is all mm-hmm. of our video investigations. Okay. Then uh, there's a tab that says EVPs, um, and then there's also a tab for shorts, and they're a compilation of some of our best EVPs in video format. Oh, great. But it might take a few times listening to it, and then oh, I, I know my skeptical mind's like thinking, oh, do I want to believe that's there or is that right. there? You know, I know in this show, there's so many miraculous pieces of evidence that our loved ones are there. If you have confidence that you can hear it, you'll be able to hear it. You know, use that power of intention. David, we only have a few minutes left here. Uh, what else do you want to share? Do you want to share about the movie? What's more on your website? If people want to get in touch right. with you? Um, they can get in touch with us through our website. EVP. Um, email us. Uh, Let's say your website. And- we also are on Facebook, okay, um, good. EVP Mediums okay. on Facebook. We have a large following there as well. And we also have a group discuss uh, group page on Facebook where we have members from Australia, from uh, England, all around the world that participate in group discussion <laughs> on, on the paranormal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the things I'd like to, if I can give any type of advice to people, is I caution, and I say this because I don't know, I'm not the expert, and I think no one in this field can really truly call themselves experts, maybe seasoned, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, experienced. But when I first started doing EVPs, 
um, I was told, you're messing with the devil. Okay, it's blasphemy. If you do this, you're going to um, bring in demons. That's what I, I thought to, too. Yeah. Yeah, and I refuse to accept that mm-hmm. um, because I don't know. Maybe it's again pride, arrogance. I'm like, no, you know, uh, I believe that you bring in what you allow. Yes. And that's the key there, I think, because I, my my fear is even with our website, anybody who is seeking, like I was, yearning for that healing. Uh, of the loss of loved one. Um, that's why I jumped into EBPs. Uh, ultimately, I, did I really believe that I would hear from my grandparents or that? No. no. I just want to prove that there was life after death. Right. Um, so I think that anyone who's novice or j- who is thinking about doing this, there is a word of caution that I give out that, again, it comes down to intention. You will get vulgarities. You will get very, um, you know, in time, you're going to get some scary stuff. You have to uh, more or less push it out. Uh, Say, uh, I'm not talking to anybody or anything that uh, is disrespectful or does not have my best interest at heart Mm -hmm. and make that very clear. Um, I also, we do a prayer before we do communication because I liken it to this. When you do EVP communication, it's very similar to picking up a telephone and dialing a random number. You don't know who's going to answer on the other side. So based on that, it's important to have a foundation of belief, uh, I believe, in love mm-hmm. and, and pure intent and goodness. And if you get something that's negative, you know, um, block it out. And what happens is, what will happen is what happened with me in the beginning, I did get a lot of scary stuff in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And when I made a statement that I will not accept it, will not communicate with any entity like that, it all stopped. Yeah, all you know, the negative ones. You know what I'm thinking about? I've got some people, distant relatives, you know, one mm-hmm. uh, was a woman who was so negative all the time. And guess what mm-hmm. happened in her life? Bad stuff. And then that gave her more to complain about. Right. And it's like, oh, who wants to be around that? Versus I know people that uh, everything's always the, the sunny side of life. Every, the glass is always right. half full. And they seem to attract miracles and fantastic synchronicities so be yeah. that person that is expecting the good and yeah, you know exactly. that, that's it's all of our intention david right. I'm, time for me to close the episode though just being respectful of everybody's okay. time uh so thank you really thank you oh, this thank has you. been fantastic and different you know um I, it's, you know we share a lot of well, different sides of life after death right. but i've never uh talked about this and this is great really really good awesome uh and for our listener reminder to go to david's website evpmediums.com check out all that's there and if this excites you yeah it's fun to uh play with evps and go visit the atrans website even if you type in aaevp.com that'll send you over to that website tons of research and information how to get started uh feel free to go to our website we don't die radio.com check out all kinds of past episodes uh keep yourself inspired and speaking of inspiration if you get inspired by some of these uh shows share them have have a little courage and share them on your social show social media you never know who's 
looking for something just like this. So in closing, my name is Sandra Champlain, and I've been your host on We Don't Die Radio. And I do believe that life is is an education for the soul, that your life here on earth is important. So thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.